The Dark Times is not intended for younglings, foundlings, or Padawan learners. Ask your Game Master's permission before listening. can't see. Your eyesight will return in time. Where am I? Jabba's palace. Who are you? A listener of the Dark Times podcast. Welcome back to the Dark Times, a Saga Edition podcast. I'm Steven, your favorite smuggler on ice. And I'm Sam, your favorite hut slime lord. Ooh. 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 I, we don't just deal in crimes. We also deal in slimes. In slimes. <laughs> it's been a it's been a good what's well, been like a month? No. It's like been a three long weeks. road. <laughs> oh wait, wrong podcast. Hold on. <laughs> that's our that's for our Fast and the Furious uh, side yeah. podcast. <laughs> Steven, how long's it been? It's been uh, uh since we last recorded? Um a whole year. Hee <laughs> hee. Uh, we haven't we haven't done a podcast since last year. Hee hee. Hee hee. We haven't done a podcast in a whole year since last year. Hee hee. Yeah, I don't know. This is this is a special recording session because the holiday <laughs> madness does not end. Um, I have some other stuff over here that I got to still take care of. Um, we're we're looking down the barrel of a large storm right now, but uh, hey, we're chilling. We are chilling. We have and we have some chill feedback from last year. We sure do. Uh, first of all, thank you to everyone who reached out to thank us for the holiday cards you received. Uh, Sam and I sent out some handwritten Life Day celebration cards to our patrons, and you guys seem very grateful. And we got so many emails back from you guys about that that there's no time to read them all individually. But seriously, thank you for the for the good the good feelings, the good holiday vibes. When I saw someone sent it in like with the card like right next to like their family nativity scene, I was touched. <laughs> It was very surreal for me, I feel <laughs> like I don't know anything about you in your entire life. And yet here my handwriting is like six inches away from something you've probably had since you were six. Yeah, like on your mantle, like <laughs> on your mantle. <laughs> but uh, seriously, guys, yeah. Happy holidays and, and happy new year. I hope I hope the new year brings you great things that it certainly has for us. Uh, so thank you. Uh, we also asked you guys just as a quick New Year's thing prompt, even what your favorite episodes was. And actually that that species and only a few people indicated their favorite app, which is is fine. But that species spotlight episode we just did really stood out. So I, I'm sure you could expect another one of those real soon. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's just easy content, Stephen. <laughs> we turn that shit out. Nobody's business. Yeah, we're only here because it's easy. That's that's, yeah. that's the only Steve, only shit we do. Stephen spends a week just relaxing with sunglasses on by the pool. And then the 30 minutes before we have to record, he's like, all right, here's three species. Go for it. You know, chimps on a typewriter. Great podcast gold. Yeah, we get the interns spinning up to, to write our episodes. And, oh, can uh, we get a fake intern? Can we- oh, 
We have to Stephen name our intern right now. Oh, <laughs> give I, me I a Star say, Wars like, name for. Our I keep wanting to say Jeeves, but that's not an Jeeves. intern name. <laughs> that's like a butler name. That's your butler, Stephen. That's a different guy. Jeeves can be your intern also. Do you think when a kid is born and they name him Jeeves, do they like already know <laughs> that he's gonna be a butler? Jeeves has to be short for like Jeeverson or something. Like, is that leave that? It, does leave that help my Jeeves. argument? Or, <laughs> well, I don't know, but. I feel like Jeeves is something that happens. Oh, no, the thing is, they don't name people Jeeves anymore because Jeeves is such an old name, Stephen. We also heard from Nick the Flesh Devourer, who had spent the first part of his email thanking us for a holiday card. And again, Nick, we we appreciate that so much. I just didn't want to read one and not read everyone else's. You, you know how it is. Uh, Dear Sam and Stephen. I also had a question slash request for advice on running a heist in Swissy and was hoping to pick your brains and the brains of the community as to how they have run heists in the past. I am planning on running my group through a heist at some point soon in my campaign and would like some tips and tricks as to how I can successfully run one. Should I run an extended skill challenge? Should I run it as an extended combat exploration sequence? Both? How would you guys go about running a heist for your players? Thanks again and Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Nick, the flesh devourer. P.S. I'm going to continue to run that joke into the ground until it isn't funny. Thank you for christening me as such, Stephen, and know that I will never let you live it down. Neither will I. It was really funny. <laughs> uh, Nick, I, I'll always remember that episode because it didn't even phase me. Like, I just thought that was your username. I didn't think there's anything bizarre about it. I was like, oh, haha. <laughs> Nick the Flesh Devourer. No, Stephen, you thought he named his beast submission Nick for no reason. <laughs> oh, that's right. I keep forgetting that I thought the Flesh Devourer was named Nick. Oh, man, those good times. Um, yeah, Nick, uh, we were a little hungry, a little curious as to what we could do for a topic this episode. And we got your email and we we're like, yeah, it's it's heist time. Heist Night time, time for heist time. That's a slant rhyme, Sam. And so was that. <laughs> You don't, you like Emily Dickinson? Uh, well, <laughs> take it. <easy. laughs> never, never, never flourished in high school poetry. Did you? I know my soapstones. Don't talk to me like that. <laughs> no, that's Robert Frost. Oh man. I'm kidding. I don't know. I'm throw a soapstone through your window. Stephen. <laughs> heist. Heist. Sam's dads love heist movies, as I'm sure you're aware <laughs> I there's so many oceans. Movie. There's eleven. There's, yeah, there's oceans eight, eleven. There's two elevens. There's there's you know supposedly Zendaya is going to be in oceans nine. Oh, we don't and know. Zendaya is Michi. <laughs> Zendaya is Michi and Chani. Uh, <laughs> everyone knows. I was just in Joshua Tree, so Dune was was on the mind. Oh yeah. Even though that's not like that's not Relevant like the same. That's not like all, yeah, Tatooine's more. Anyway, sorry. We're <laughs> heist movies. Everyone knows the classic heist story. Like a bunch of dudes come together for a job. Die Hard, Reservoir Dogs, Die Hard Ocean's is not Eleven. A heist movie. Yes, it is. There's a heist in Die Hard. It's not about the heist, though. It's about That's a guy not- adjacent to the heist. <laughs> it's about a guy stopping the heist, Steven. <laughs> Die Hard is, is that, not- It's important. Oh, you don't think a party could stop a heist? That's fair, but I don't think that's what Nick's asking for. I explicitly think that's not relevant to the question. Fine, fine. Forget Die Hard. Also, leave this in. It's staying in. No, I know it's staying I get to flame you on the air. It's staying in. Fine, 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 fine. No Die Hard. I'm crossing out Die Hard right now. Thank you. Fucking hell. 
<laughs> Fucking producer censoring me. <laughs> producer Zilla over here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, that's not what I meant to do. Co-host uh, from hell. <laughs> the co-host from hell. I'm just deleting it. Fine. Everyone knows the classic high story. Reservoir Dogs, Ocean's Eleven. Uh, well, I had three here. Now I only have two. <laughs> <laughs> Did the A team ever do heists? It's not a movie. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't say they had to be movies. Okay. Mission Impossible. Oh yeah. I didn't want to bring. <laughs> I don't want to bring him into this, but sure. Oh man, I'm lightheaded already. It's that's <laughs> we don't usually that's get that point into the, this early in the episode. All right. Everyone knows the classic high story. Reservoir Dogs, Ocean's Eleven, Mission Impossible. I think, didn't the, did the A-Team ever do any heists? They were more of like black ops military stuff, yeah. right? Like mercenaries. They definitely the ex-military, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, powerful, specialized individuals joining forces for a common goal is a deep trope that naturally marries TTRPGs to heist stories. Practically half the work is done for you. The whole meeting the guys portion of, yeah. of the story, the first half of the movie, is already done. You've already done it with your party. So much so as well in TTRPGs that there are so many systems made specifically for heist games. Yes, absolutely. Uh, P2E comes to mind. Uh, Blades heist. in the Dark. Huh? Blades in the Dark for sure. Yeah, Blades in the Dark is about doing heists. Uh, really, really, really great stuff. Heists are a great backdrop for an evil party, especially if they're particularly selfish and, you know, maybe want to steal gold. Um, but obviously, as you know, this doesn't have to be centered on material greed of our protagonists. There's many other different directions we can take this, many different motives we can play with, especially in a setting like Star Wars. It's tempting and easy, really, to center a Swissy heist on a military or financial imperial target. I, I just did it at our last session. Like, it, yeah. it is straightforward that is level one heist shit right there though i wrote down some creative alternatives that might get your your brain juices flown consider an ancient tomb of a forgotten advanced alien civilization think uh, dr afra type stuff hell yeah indiana jones-esque um stealing a priceless item from the maw of a great beast this is the thing we've always fantasized about doing a dungeon crawl inside of a giant monster with you know, various <laughs> natural defenses and bileless organs and beating hearts. Consider stealing a, a priceless gem from the maw of a great beast like a sarlacc or a giant Moncala clam. Or maybe one of those doom whales I've heard so much about. Oh, yes, yes. Perhaps a mythical ship with a legendary automaton crew hostile to any fleshly and fleshly. <laughs> the fleshly works. <laughs> Hostile to any fleshy intruders, maybe like a katana fleet ship, but even more automated. You could also tie that in with the giant beast or ancient aliens themes to really create something special. Did you have any heist setting ideas, Sam? Um, hmm. I've always had. Here's one. Here's one I'm going to give to the listeners for free. And I've always wanted to run this one. And I don't know if I ever got the chance to if I'll ever get the chance to because it's kind of weird. Imperial, so prisoners, like high security imperial prisoners, get called up by Darth Vader to steal something from Chancellor Palpatine's like hidden oh. base on Coruscant. Do you like a Suicide Squad? Yes, and the twist is it's a Suicide Squad, so like <sighs> they they can all die. From, like one person can kill any of them at any moment, stuff like that. That'd be a sick one shot. It, yes, that would be. Oh, that would be a really cool one shot. 
bomb collars are will always be a great, great narrative device. Definitely tropey, definitely genre y, but like, come on. Yeah, you're, but there's you're like playing three, a TTRPG. There's like three Afro comics that do that really well. <laughs> <laughs> For real. Uh, your party, of course, uh, Nick the Devourer and everyone else listening, your party has no shortage of reasons to participate in organized thievery, be it to fund their <laughs> rebellious habits, undermine imperial opposition, target rival spacers, or simply just seeking a source of ancient power or advantage over their enemies. They could also want to do it because they're assholes, and that's totally up to you guys. The reasons for the heist are probably the least important part. Organized crime and you. <laughs> I've always presentation wanted, by Stephen. <laughs> always wanted to have some sort of like um, retro mid-century style presence on, in like content creation <laughs> online. As much as I, you know, did taste that phrase, but like if in my dream, if I could be like. The next Max Headroom. Yeah. <laughs> that would be, that would fulfill every fantasy of mine. Cause I've always wanted to do like the Marmar thing, but like pretty publicly. Yeah. Like as a, just sure. like a VTuber. You but if could. I could be like Max Headroom as a VTuber <laughs> with like a, there's, like a mid century bend. There's set. this guy on YouTube who does like how to play Call of Cthulhu, but mm. he does it all in character mm. in like 30s themed like characters and stuff like that. It's really great. I know when we first started this podcast, we debated like how much in character in universe we should be. We can take that dip, some, that dive. We could dip. We could dip our toesies in one day. Um, it was just because I, I didn't like how the Order 66 podcast did it because they were like in and not in. But they were also like pro imperial. And I was like, that's come on. No, come we wouldn't on. be. We absolutely Never. wouldn't be. Never, ever. Unless it's a funny Palpatine bit, in which case we would be. Well, <laughs> That's the thing, right? Because funny Palpatine bits are are everything. I mean, that carried Ch Robot Chicken for how many years? Yeah. Anyway, what were we talking about? Oh, yes. The motivations for the heist should, one, be really easy for you to figure out, and two, are not really that important at all. Everyone at the table probably already wants to do it because they love Reservoir Dogs or Die Hard or... <laughs> I do love no 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 now wait a minute now wait a minute I'm coming what? around on Die Hard because I love the idea of the party is the bad guys in Die Hard and there's one character who that's what like I'm an, saying there's like a recurring like villain who is who is John McClane in this situation that's what I'm saying <laughs> that's why I included Die Hard because it was an interesting reversal you should have said that then Steven I did <laughs> Uh, Nick, you brought up an extended skill challenge, and that's like exactly what you should do. Like, definitely that the skill challenge rules are excellent format, excellent organizing principle to get your heist underway. Specifically, wh what I mean by extended skill challenge, I mean like chaining several skill challenges in order. And this will really help you organize what will be in a complex encounter into distinct phases. This will help preserve the sense of progression for both you and your party. And really, that's what everyone's after. Those monkey brain chemicals that tell us that things are moving forward and we're making progress. Start with Galaxy of Intrigue uh, skill challenges before you attempt to design anything on your own. That's what I always recommend. Um, start with something like Entry CL2 or Covert Infiltration CL12. Blind Descent CL12 is a personal favorite of mine. 
Look into the Slice CL3, Sabotage Mission CL6 for inspiration for your like middle parts, and then finish off strong with something like Fleeing the Imperials CL6 or Speeder Bike Chase CL8. Don't let those CLs like weird you out. Those are very easily adjustable. Just crack open those skill challenges, up those DCs a bit, and you're you're off to the races. Galaxy of Intrigue has everything you need to really, really get this part of, of the encounter down. As always, we strongly recommend skill challenges because we love them. It's a part of the system. You should use it. Exactly. It's a very important part of the system that I think Rodney was really early to the the game, I think, on skill challenges specifically, because you look at how like encounter design works and like the upcoming D&D edition and Pathfinder 2E. And it's like, oh, Rodney was correct about this and a great many other things like a full decade before the other games it's, caught on you can see the inspiration whether intended or not in like blades in the dark yes yes that's a skill challenge system it, yeah, yeah exactly yeah. it's a skill challenge system and then and then failure as we've always discussed is the most interesting part of skill challenges because it's totally up to the gm what a failure exactly entails sometimes it means nothing sometimes it means you know, big, huge, huge gravitational changes, sometimes literally to the situation. And sometimes it means success, but with a twist. What is failure? What is failure if not success persevering? (laughs) You said it. (laughs) So you asked Nick where to put in your combat encounters for something like a heist. That is exactly where I would put failures. Probably not the first failure they incur. Definitely not. But the second, the third, maybe the first alerts the heist security to the party's presence. You trip the silent alarm. Trip the silent alarm. Come on. The second thing, the second failure is maybe when troops come out. Maybe you've got some security guards, some stormtroopers, whoever, pirates. And then the third failure, well, that's when you drop a mini boss on him, be it an ATST. Um, I don't know if Ty Maulers came to, <laughs> to mind for some reason. <laughs> A Time rancor, Mollies, really? Cyborg rancor, security rancor. <laughs> He's the best in the force. <laughs> it's like a cute, cute like mascot. He got his yeah. like picture up and everything, but he's huge. He's in the yeah. holiday card, but like he's massive. Everyone looks tiny. He's eating one dude. In the, in the yeah, he's just got like arm card. dangling out. The last skill challenge I ran, I didn't tell my party what the failures meant. I just said, oh, Stevie P will remember this every time (laughs) the failure counter went up. (laughs) But what was going on behind the scenes is that the first failure, it wasn't exactly a heist. It was definitely more of a classic like infiltration, but it's comparable. First failure, as we already sort of brushed over, the enemies all got uh, their CL raised by two after the first failure was incurred. This was a difficult encounter and I wanted it to ramp up quick. After the second failure, the party rival, Axios, unexpectedly just appeared and started fucking shit up. He was not supposed to be there, but hey, guess what? He was. And on the third, a fleet of Star Destroyers, uh, the Admiral of which is kind of the campaign's big bad, arrived and started looking for the party. Can I ask you, how do you raise each enemy's CL by two? Do you just give them a flat? So it was real quick and dirty. <laughs> Peel back the veneer. Yeah, it was it's very quick and, quick and dirty. Under there, I raised defenses by two, and then attacks by one. Okay, yeah, that's not because half level bonus to attacks, level bonus to defenses. That that was it. I didn't really like 
There's probably better ways to do that, but I was like, fuck it. Bonuses. Yeah. A similar ramp up could be done for your heist, and it's a great opportunity to mix in combat encounters, like we already said. Um, I would recommend, yeah, I don't normally recommend this, but I think it's important here with, with a heist with such a specific vision, such specific expectations from your players. Pre-make like four encounters. Say you need three, make four. This is where I like to bring in, we've talked about the Nietzsche's Pathfinder style encounter building with the XP system where you can kind of buy encounters and build them modularly, modularly like blocks. And and just keep those in pocket. Be sure to slam them down quick. You want those ready to really make the pace of the heist nice and even. You don't really want to have them incur a failure and then be like, wait, guys, wait, let me take 20 minutes to build this encounter out for you. Yeah, which is fine. Your players will understand. They're not going to riot if you do that. But you'll be you'll seem way more sly, way more smoother, way cooler as a game master. If you can just slide that encounter right out of your sleeve and be like, bam, pop. Six stormtroopers and a and a probe droid and an officer. Get fucked. Or, or, hear me out. What's up? Hear me out, Steve. Well, I want to hear it. Oh, second failure. Cliffhanger. Five minute break. Come back. There's your, there's your encounter all set up already. Bingo. There it is. Another tool I like to use for skill challenges. I, I found these virtual wheels. They're like pie charts on Roll20 that you can just buy and they, they appear in your game instance. Um, they're similar to the clocks that they use in Blades in the Dark. Precisely. They're just like that. They're they're subdivided into even sections from like two to eight, maybe as many as ten. I'm not sure. But that's how I track progress and skill challenges. I had an eight piece going for successes and a, and one divided into thirds for failures. You guys may also recall I, I had a, a like a percentage bar indicating the, the integrity of the station you were on as well. Um, really cool stuff. They're, they're super colorful, super neat, really clearly get the message across to players there. You can resize them and I'm sure stuff like Foundry has something similar. And if you're at a real table, you can just use a die or, or something cool or project something onto the wall, use a TV. I don't know. Go crazy. (laughs) I'd like the idea of a big pie chart being projected behind you. (laughs) (laughs) And my final recommendation, and this is my final recommendation for every type of encounter, but especially heists, be bold. A heist is a very predictable kind of A to B sort of encounter, and that's fine. That's great. But throw a twist there in the middle, something unexpected that they won't see coming. The deadly bounty hunter the party thought they laid to rest. The party's quest giver reveals themselves as a traitor inadvertently. Maybe the party overhears something through a wall during the heist. And when in doubt, like I always say, sudden depressurization. Your known catchphrase in the podcast, (laughs) sudden sudden depressurization. If you were ever at a loss for how to make an encounter more interesting, blow a hole in the wall. (laughs) I'm not, it's a sci-fi system. You you have free, free lease to just blow a hole in the wall and start sucking people into space. They won't forget that one. No, they won't <laughs> until it starts happening regularly. And then they'll be like, what's with the, sh- what's with the shoddy? What, who made this Kuwait yards? Like, yeah. what the fuck's the problem over there? Yeah, after after the fourth one, they might start to catch on. They think you're running out of ideas. I just want to say, like, one last thing about heist. Yeah, please. Go, go right Steven ahead. Steven talked about including twists and stuff like that. Uh, using heists as, let's say, as a GM, you've got multiple fingers and multiple pies, just things, a lot of things going at once, you know, that's, that's usually how I imagine it. You get a lot of strings you're pulling 
use that third failure as the third failure doesn't have to mean that the heist fails, but it can mean that something goes wrong for the players. Let's say kill one maybe of them. A, <laughs> Just kill one of them. Instant death. Yeah, that would be pretty bad. <laughs> but I was thinking more like an NPC loses loses favor with the players or something like that. Or or let's say, oh, yeah, you succeeded in the heist, but now we've got full like holographic scans of you guys that are going up to put a bounty on you or something like that. Like, yeah, you succeeded, but at some point you didn't get away scot-free or anything like that. Seriously. I mean, a, a third failure on a skill challenge is is a a real failure. There should be lasting consequences for something like that, whether it's player loses an arm or their life or their freedom or their their dog dog <laughs> or their um, their ability to move around the galaxy without, you know, accosting a cost. <laughs> oh, my ship got booted. <laughs> exactly. Which did happen to the Falcon. It so did like, happen. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Well, we're here at the break, and thank you, dear listener, for tolerating me. I'm actually I'm, I'm getting over a bit of a cold right here, so if I sound a little mucusy, then then I hope you forgive me. Sorry, sorry, I've been sending Stephen out into the podcast cold all by himself with no jacket. <laughs> if he's and, cold, uh, you're cold. Wait, <laughs> if he's cold, you're cold. Uh, put it. Listen to him on Spotify. <laughs> Stephen, this is the part of the break where we apologize for your misgivings, and we also thank the listeners for listening. Yes, uh, everyone. We are in a new year, which uh, means an awful lot, um, but also sometimes not that much. But it does mean uh, that you guys were with us for pretty all like a huge chunk of 2022. 2022 was an uninterrupted year of the dark times. That's Steve. right. It was our first uninterrupted year of, of the dark times. And you guys were there for us every step of the way. It sounds so ominous when we say it like that <laughs> without accounting for like, that's the name of the podcast. I mean, who, who could even guess? I mean, from where we started in 2022 to now, I mean, who can guess what 2023 will bring? We started in 2021. Yeah, I know. But like, I, oh, you mean the beginning of I, the I, year? Yes. I mean, this time last year. <laughs> fuck. Imagine where we were then and where we are now and imagine where we'll be this time in 2024. It's it's insane to think. And if the listeners, you guys are any indication, um, you'll you'll carry us pretty far. And for that, we we thank you sincerely. If you want to send a few bucks our way to help with hosting costs and helping compensate Sam for their time and meticulously and uh, uh, relentlessly editing this podcast. You can go to the Patreon. We have a five and $10 tier being on that tier for three months gets you a sticker or shirt respectively $10 tier. You, my new, <laughs> my new year's resolution for that $10 tier is to get you guys the stickers that you deserve. <laughs> <laughs> Patreon still has not yielded in their inability to fix their website. We, should be able to add that sticker to the $10 tier. We presently cannot because of some sort of vague uh, backend web issue with Patreon. So you have my word this month. It will be taken into my hands to order you a set of stickers and ship them to your addresses myself. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. There's a few other goodies awaiting uh, people on the Patreon. You can get a few maps from us. I have a, a, a redone rendition of my hex crawl guide that is now public, but was once exclusive to Patreon members. Patrons can vote in our bounty 
build showcases. Uh, Sam and I don't pick a winner. That's all on the patrons. Uh, and hey, you know, there might be one coming up here real soon. And as long as you're a patron before the contest is up, well, hey, you can still vote. And down the line, we've got lots of great stuff coming your way, including a super bounty build mega bracket where once we have enough contests through, we will pit all of the winners against each other in one tournament. And then Sam and I have a couple ideas to uh, help sweeten the pot down the line. We have the Dark Times module loaded in the barrel. Just you wait. And then we also have uh, actually, no, I won't spoil it. I, I like that idea ooh, too much to, to tease, but yeah. Tantalizing, Stephen, tantalizing. Uh, I don't think I don't think you can see it coming is why I, I don't want to share it now. You know, enough, enough teasing the listeners. Let's send them back to the show. All right. Stephen, we have a build. OMG. Sound the alarms. Wow. Uh, wake the master of the house. Oh my God. We have a build. <laughs> It's me waking up. <laughs> this this uh this comes from Alex. Sent an email as well. Hey guys, very much enjoying the podcast. Here's a build that I made for a campaign a while back. I got the idea from someone on the Reddit group, so I can't claim it as my own. I just don't remember whose idea it was. This is a this is Alex's Fiorin melee stunner. Oh, I love CL4. me a good Fiorin. Alex has more notes about this build, but they'll make more sense after seeing the build. So let's no no further delay, Steven. All right, let's see it. Medium Fiorin, non-heroic eight, scout one, enforcer one. Oh, I love to. S- Have you looked at this yet? No, I haven't. This is my first time. And I just I'm already excited because I love seeing a prestige class paired with non-heroic levels. A CL4 with this with a prestige class. It's pretty great. First impressions. My first impressions. Sam's first look at this build. I got three three notes, Stephen. All right. I one. This is way too cool to just keep as a non-heroic unit. <laughs> Two, it wear the, the the character wears modified clone trooper armor, which is a badass oh, to say the least. So sick. And three, motherfucking riot shield, baby, the riot shield. Oh yeah. All right, all right. Back into the build. Defenses: reflex twenty one, fortitude twenty, and will thirteen. Special abilities from uh, sorry, species abilities from being a Fjorin. Brutal. Fiorin are vicious combatants who do not hesitate to strike vulnerable areas or fight dirty. Once per encounter, after making a successful melee attack, a Fiorin may treat its opponent's damage threshold as though it were five points lower when determining the result of the attack. Great fortitude. Fiorins gain a plus two species bonus to their fortitude defense, accounting for their great physical condition. And inborn resilience. Fiorins are highly resilient to physical attack. A Fiorin can catch a second wind, even when unconscious, no action required, but the second win can only be taken when the Fjorin would normally get a turn. Catching a second win while unconscious also moves the Fjorin plus three steps up the condition track. Feats. Armor proficiency, light, skill training, acrobatics and perception, weapon proficiency, pistols and simple weapons. Mighty swing. You can spend two swift actions in the same round to deal plus one die of damage on your next melee attack in the same round. And the toughness feat. You gain plus one hit point per character level. As for talents... Only a CL4. You only have two talents here, actually. Evasion. Classic. If you're hit by an area attack, you take half damage if the attack hits you. If the air attack misses you, you take no damage. If you're the pilot, this talent applies to your vehicle. And also, from the Enforcer talent tree, non-lethal tactics. When using a ranged weapon set stun, stun grenades, nets, riot shields, or stun batons, you gain a plus one bonus on your attack roll and deal plus one die of stun damage. Now, this one's interesting, Steven. This is the Riot Shield from Threats of the Galaxy. I know what you're thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We all know what a Riot Shield is. 
but this book does a unique take that I really like. Here's from the book directly. Riot shields are common gear for law enforcement and planetary defense forces. Measuring about one meter long and half as wide, a riot shield is made of a metal frame that generates an energy shield that bends light so that its outer surface is opaque while its inner side is transparent, allowing you unobstructed vision but not extending the same benefit to your opponents. A riot shield has a damage reduction score of 5, 20 hit points, and a break DC of 25. When held, a riot shield grants you cover plus 5 cover bonus to your reflex defense against all ranged attacks on any turn in which you fight defensively. Holy shit. It's a simple weapon, medium size, costs 500 credits, 1d6 damage, or 2d6 stun damage. Weighs 6 kilograms and deals bludgeoning or energy, uh, in parentheses, stun damage. For those of you keeping count at home, crunching all those tasty, tasty numbers, we're looking at with Mighty Swing, our Fiorin friend, attacks with plus 11 to their riot shield, dealing 4d6 stun damage plus 5. Alex was kind enough to even include tactics for the stat block. Let's take a look. Oh, I love it. I love when people Isn't include this, tactics. This is the fucking... This stat box would be in the description, by the way. I love how it's laid out. It's it's perfect. It's just like a it's a wiki stat block, but here's like two two sentences that tell you how to use the stat block. Like too. the good old DMF himself. Oh, DMF couldn't do better. Maybe, <laughs> probably. We will see. <laughs> Move action to get closer while fighting defensively for high defense. Get in melee range and hit with the riot shield. Then use brutal ability to force them down the condition track. That, that, that was Alex's tactics little blurb there. Keep in mind, while uh, fighting defensively while wielding the riot shield would bring our Fiorin's reflex defense against range attacks, not to 26, but to 31. An incredible number Ooh. for a CL4 combatant. Wow. This is a nice enemy. I really like this. Uh, you don't see the riot shield even touched a lot. And so this is just badass. CL4? Yeah. If I if I threw this against some some level four heroes, they'd be fucked. Oh, they'd be pissed. Oh my god, no! Like this is this is a this good is like a mini boss at CL four. Mini boss at CL four, excellent mook for a high level boss. So good, really so annoying, good. really deadly mook. I'm I'm a big fan. Here's some last words from Alex's email. These guys are useful as some support in an encounter when someone's trying to capture the PCs. They have very high reflex defense for their CL and have the potential to knock characters down the condition track rapidly. In- incredible i dig it incredible i dig it so much do you have any uh any final thoughts Stephen? uh i wish you could have saved this for a, a, a build bounty because like I'm, <laughs> sure, I was, I'm certain it would win like this would be good for a non-heroic build bounty. seriously seriously <laughs> wow um alex well done this is, this is really really cool thing you threw together here probably one of my favorite builds that's been sent in i i love every build we get but i just i haven't seen something done so creatively with uh, both the levels you chose and the weapon of choice as well. I would love to see the Reddit a thread where this was uh, birthed. Yeah, seriously. Conceived both, I guess, <laughs> in the same thread. How, post nine months apart. How very intimate. <laughs> well, Sam, that reminds me. I mean, kick off the first build bounty of the year. You asked for it. Here it is. Force tradition build bounty. Whoa. Your submission must be a member of a Force tradition that is not the Jedi (gasps) or the Sith. (gasps) Any other Force tradition is fair game. They must be level 12. They could, hell, they could maybe even be members of multiple Force traditions. I don't know. As long as it's cool. (laughs) (laughs) You have to, you have to rationalize it in the email as well. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) 
You guys know the drill. Submissions will be due 11.59 p.m. Pacific time, Sunday the 22nd, to be considered for entry. We will then read those off on our episode on the 25th of this month, January, and then another two weeks of voting to the patrons before the winner is known. But if you submit a build bounty, well, let me tell you, in my eyes, you already won. Uh, if you're even on the fence about submitting your build, please, please send it in. We would love to see it. Again, that's level 12, cannot be a Jedi or a Sith, but must be a member of a Force tradition. And these build bounties and this podcast are for inspiring others. You know, this Enforcer build has inspired me. I would love to play a player character like this as well. Yes. That'd be super cool. Riot Shield is probably, the, is is it the next... Uh, is it the next fire extinguishers? That's what I'm asking myself. <laughs> is the riot shield the next fire extinguisher? It certainly could be. <laughs> Steven, do you have some trivia for this week? Uh, it looks I like don't care yeah. because I have some trivia for us this week. <laughs> good, good. This is trivia uh, I found online. <laughs> wow. Helpful, helpful. In an, in an Irvin Kirshner interview talking about Empire Strikes Back, he reveals that the prop for C-3PO on Chewbacca's back cost about $100,000 to make and didn't work on the day of filming. Classic. The prop master asks Kirshner for 20 minutes with the prop, to which Kirshner replies, what are you going to do? It's electronic. The prop master tells Kirshner he's sure he can get it to work. Half an hour later, the prop master comes back. They film the scene. It works great. Kirshner turns to see the prop master holding a fishing pole, puppeteering C-3PO from off camera that's incredible isn't that i fucking it's really funny i listened to the interview with with uh irvin kirshner i can't remember where it was but I, i'm sure you could find it online if you look it up it's incredible he talks about how like yeah it was great and they worked in the testing when they finished building it and they brought it on and it goes like super slow and the arm doesn't move at all wow. <laughs> and like it really it poorly characterizes c3po and he's like ah we can't have it <laughs> so the prop master literally opens it up, disconnects the electronics, and then ties strings to the end of C-3PO, and then just does it from off camera like a puppet. It's great. Just beautiful. It's so good. Elegant solution. And I think Irvin Kirshner had like a lesson about improvisation or just getting it do the things we do when we're short on time. And I thought that really does relate to the job of a game master. Oh, it absolutely resonates. Let me tell you, I've had a few fucking fishing pole moments in my in my day. <laughs> Oh, if, if you have a, a fishing pole moment, I'd love to hear about it. <laughs> Send it to us. Email us. DarkTimesSWSE at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening to the Dark Times, a Saga Edition podcast. The show's produced by me, Sam. Steve is my co-host. You can reach out to us on Twitter at DarkTimesSWSE or email us DarkTimesSWSE at gmail.com. Listen to us on Spotify. Support us on Patreon. Review us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts wherever you get your shows. Tell a friend about the show. Told us you told a friend. We'll shout you both out on the show. Steven, do you have a quote for us this week? All who gain power are afraid to lose it. Even the Jedi. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's my favorite Obi-Wan quote. <laughs> yeah, Obi-Wan. <laughs> is that, um... That's Palpatine. That's Palpatine. That's the first line of the tragedy of Darth Plagueis uh, scene. Oh. Ooh. 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 Ooh.
I like that. What are they watching in that scene, by the way? Like, I was told. You're going to some weird fishbowl opera? What's going on? I told here? it was some sort of aquatic circus, yeah. <laughs> I remember, I think. The- I love, I love this. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen this? Oh my gosh. Oh my. Lord Vader, do you remember last time we went to the circus? <laughs> There was that um, there was that meme with Anakin where he's like, Chancellor, it's rude to interrupt the performance. Please keep it down. Uh, can you imagine being the two dudes? Oh no, they told him to leave. Actually, never mind. Yeah, I was leave just us. The two dudes. <laughs> what the fuck? I paid for these tickets. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, okay, I'll wait in the Looking car. John Wilkes Booth over here is gonna come back. <laughs> oh man! Good night, everybody. Good night.